Victoria, guess what? Boo. No. Just say what? Okay, what? We're going back to some, like, horror movie reviews today. (gasps) Are they going to be scary? I mean, maybe for some people. That being said, spoilers. Hi, and welcome back, everyone. (laughs) So, if you couldn't tell by uh, today's episode, we are reviewing the movie Hellfest. Now on Netflix. Wonderful 2018 movie. It was. Actually, I love haunted houses. You know that. I hate them. I don't know why. I was watching them the whole time, and I'm like, this is why I don't go. This is why I don't want to go to any of those theme parks that do, like, Halloween Horror Nights or anything like that. Just, nope. It's so much fun. I was having a blast. But honestly, when you think about it, this movie had the right premise because that is the perfect place to get away with a murder. Literally, in the opening shot, there's a girl running and, you know, she's being stalked by the killer. He, you know, kills her and leaves the body there and they think it's a prop. Like, that's really the best place to do it when you think about it. Yeah, what was it, like, a few days later? Yeah, when the body started smelling. When people were just like, oh, nope, this is an actual dead body. We had a murder here at some point. And some of the mazes were pretty cool, though. I think that would be awesome to have this giant festival of, like, you know, going through all these horror mazes. And then they have a more intense section where it's, like, people can grab you and stuff. Mmm, yeah. Yeah. Hell. My favorite (laughs) moment, though, was when they enter that area. And, like, they're all trying to figure out, well, what do we do? And then, like, a bunch of people come up wearing, like, these sack masks. And there's, like, this little girl, and she walks up and starts holding one of the characters' hands. And they're just, like, looking at her, and they're like, what's going on? And then she starts, like, walking the the girl away. (laughs) That was my favorite moment. (laughs) Just silently, and they lead them to, you know, the next place that they should go. Yeah. I thought it was adorable, actually. (laughs) That was pretty cute. Now, this movie follows our main character, Natalie, and, you know, she's this young girl, she's not really a big fan of horror, kind of like Tori, but ends up getting dragged into this horror festival. Peer pressure. Basically. But, you know, her best friend promised that there's going to be this really cute guy there for her. So, motivation, I guess. Someone that she's met before that she has a crush on. Yeah. You know, the normal, like, plot lines and slasher films. Like, okay, I guess if he's going to be there, he can protect me, and I won't be a fifth wheel. So there are six characters total. There's Natalie, our main character, her best friend, Brooke. There's kind of, like, the jokester girl named Taylor, and she's kind of a jerk, but she's also really funny. (laughs) She is... She is a... Not a brat, but she is a jerk. Like, she keeps calling Natalie, like, grade school or, you know, some... Because, you know, Natalie... Some nickname like that. Yeah, but Natalie fits the classic um, final girl trope, you know? Well, not totally classic, but typically the final girls are more tomboyish, and there's nothing really tomboyish about her. No, but she could play into that virgin type of stereotype of well yeah i don't think that she is but you know she's more innocent like she doesn't want to do all of this like horror stuff and well yeah so that's where like her final girlness comes from yeah so now we have the guys so there's gavin who is natalie's love interest 
Yeah, and then you have Quinn, who's Brooke's boyfriend, and Asher is Taylor's guy friend, boyfriend deal thingy. I don't know. Anyway, so the six of them are kind of exploring these haunted mazes, and Gavin's, like, trying to, you know, work his way into Natalie's good graces, and he's, like, hitting on her and stuff. Meanwhile, all of the friends are hinting at, like, oh, you guys should totally go into this maze together, you know, like, put your arm around her, and wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you two would look cute together. And then it's, like, super funny because there's that one scene where Gavin was trying to win her a stuffed animal and he just kept he just sucking sucks. at the game. And he was spending so much money and she was like, no, no, no you really don't have to anymore. He's like, no, no, come on, I can do it. And then they end up leaving that area to go do some other, like, creepy stuff. And then he tries to, like, slink away and uh, win her another stuffed animal. No, he actually tries to bribe one of the people. Like, hey, dude. You know, I spent a lot of money here. I'll can give you, you 50 bucks. I'm trying to really <laughs> impress this girl. Like, can you just give me the toy? Like, 50 bucks, I'll give it. And the guy's like, nah, I'm going to lose my job. So then Gavin ends up going into this locker-esque type of, like, outside area. Well, no, it's um, it's the employee, like, locker room. It is. Yeah. Okay, because it kind of reminded me of, you know, in some theme parks when you can't go or you can't, like, bring your bags or shoes or anything on the ride, so you yeah. have to, like, lock them in certain lockers. Like, that's what it kind of reminded me of, and all of the toys were in there, so I wasn't 100% sure if it was, like, an employee's only. Yeah, or that's just... why we didn't see any other, like, random people in there. True. And at this time, the killer had actually stolen Gavin and Natalie's um, pictures from the picture booth. Yeah. Oh, my God. We didn't talk about Natalie sending that girl to her death. Oh. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. So the killer gets fascinated with them because they're going through this maze, and he already is going after some girl. So the, ki so the girl's running through the maze, and she, like, trips and falls in front of, um, in front of Natalie, Brooke, and Taylor. And they're already inside a maze. The girl's like, oh my god, he's coming! And she, like, hides behind this curtain inside the maze. And all of a sudden, the killer comes out, and the girls are like, ooh, creepy. Da -da 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 -da. And they're kind of, like, mocking him a little bit. Which is, I think, why he actually targets them. Right. Because the girl that hid behind the curtain, she did the same exact thing. So I think that's basically what triggers him. Is he wears that mask does something like bump into someone and if they say like oh dude i'm not scared of you then he goes after him exactly but there was also that moment with natalie so the killer kind of starts approaching them and then natalie's like the girl's over there like what are you doing with us and like, then go back on script yeah thinking it's all part of the act and you know he drags her out from behind this curtain and then brooke and taylor are like yeah we're moving on this is weird now so they leave and then natalie's just standing there watching the girl's crying as the killer, like, pulls out this knife, and he's, like, showing her the knife, and she's just kind of, like, standing there. And then she goes, well, go on, do it. And the killer straight up murders the girl in front of her. Natalie just kind of stands there for a moment, kind of questioning, like, this looks kind of real. And then she moves on. 
And, like, she has that weirded out moment, but then she's like, oh, Gavin. <laughs> and then they go on with the thing. But then they turn around and they see the killers now behind them. So that's when the killer starts stalking them. That was an excellent scene. She straight up sent that poor girl to her death, not even realizing what she was doing. Well, would you, though? Because if you're in an amusement park like that, like, you would almost think that it's part of the experience and that they are actors. And yeah. that whole thing wasn't a, like, oh, go ahead and kill her. It's a, dude, why are you stalling? Just go back on script. Like, I know it's fake. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah, she's trying not to, like, scare herself. So she's trying to, like, put on a brave face as well right. as being the last girl to basically leave. Ended up being her downfall. Throughout the movie, they're continually stalked. Gavin gets uh, hammered to death <laughs> in that locker room. <laughs> yeah, so after he tries to get the toy, the killer goes after him in this locker room area. You know, Gavin tries to move past him. But then the killer basically knocks him on his rear and takes this huge sledgehammer. Whack-a-mole. Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> you know those little carnival games where you, like, have to hit hit it and then the thing goes up and hits the bell? Yeah. Like, it's that type of hammer. Yes. What do you think was the best death in the movie? I would almost say Gavin's or Taylor's. Taylor's was my favorite death. Just because he locks her in the guillotine. She does like this fake show where it's like, oh, her head gets cut off. And then she's actually in a guillotine. But the, the blade's super dull. And yeah, it can only cut off like a mannequin head. Which even then the, the head's show. already pre-cut. Yeah. He ends up pushing her actually into it and drops the blade on her. But it just kind of like slightly cuts her neck. Like enough to hurt her, but like not kill her. He starts... Picking up the blade again, getting ready to drop it again. But at that point, she was able to get out and starts running. And then she's, like, running through the crowd trying to get people to help her. And no one's stopping to help her because they all think it's a part of the show. That's when the killer comes up, stabs her. And then one of the guys comes out trying to help. And the killer just straight up stabs him, too. So he gets, like, a two-for-one right there. That's when everyone's realizing, oh, my God, they actually just died. And... All the announcements come on the speakers, like, the park is now closed. <laughs> Please get to the nearest exit. Because of unforeseen events, the park is now closing. Right. Please get to the closest exit. Thank you. I don't want to say the most diplomatic, but the most... Nonchalant way. It's basically very nonchalant. Yeah. And I know it's for safety protocols of... You know, you don't want to go on the loudspeaker and say... There's a serial killer here. <laughs> exactly, because then all hell will break loose. And you don't want that. Right. More people would possibly die in stampedes. Very true. But at the same time, it was so odd how nonchalant it was. What would you rate the movie on a scale of 1 to 10? 8 and a half, 9. Okay, you're getting it pretty high up there. For me, I think I would probably give it a 7 out of 10. Why? The acting was good. It had a pretty original premise, I think. I can't think of a really a horror amusement park movie. There was that one. I, God, I can't remember the name of it, and I can't even remember what 
characters or what actors were in it but it was when a group of serial killers enter like this traveling carnival oh yeah we need to do a podcast on that because that was actually a good movie too it was all right it was a good promise i remember robert england was in it yeah and there was like this harley quinn type of serial killer girl oh yeah and then the messed up origins of how like one of the main basically the main girl is the sister to the Harley Quinn girl, as well as the daughter to one of the serial killers. That's right. Oh yeah. my god, what was the name Because then they of have that? like that whole like family showdown at the end, right? And you find out that she was taken like once from the, the dad... hospital. No, uh, I think it was like in her childhood she oh. was taken because the dad was mentally insane and a killer and the sister ended up falling in his footsteps and the other daughters are just like nah i want a normal life that's right okay no so got me on that one <laughs> but uh yeah i mean there were some really good moments i thought the ending was probably the best though for me i really enjoyed the ending because you know you have the normal slasher of the killer gets away so you can have the sequels but what I liked about it was the killer ends up just spoilers going home. And, you know, he's standing in front of like this little girl sleeping on the couch and the little girl goes, daddy, runs up and hugs him. And he gives her a little stuffed animal he got from it after he uh, dropped off his mask. And the, uh, the pictures Natalie took with her, not boyfriend, almost boyfriend, and his little kill closet. And... I think it really goes to show you that anyone could be a serial killer. Don't trust anyone. Hell, you could be a serial killer. You for could all be I a know. serial killer for all I know. Me? Yeah. The sweet little me. I'd believe you being a serial killer way before people believing me as a serial killer. I don't know why. I'm just so sweet and stuff. That's that's exactly why it's all an act. <laughs> You're buying your time. Oh yeah, completely. Mm-hmm. I knew it. People would look at me and they would be like, no, he's not a serial killer. See, where I am like the sweet girl that no one would suspect. It's too obvious for me. Yeah, you are the obvious choice, which would also be the clever choice of, nah, this is, this guy is too, too suspicious. Yeah, I'm the red herring. <laughs> the this this guy is the killer, but then it turns out he's not the killer. Or it could be a situation where we're gonna count this guy out because he is too obviously the killer, so he can't be the killer. So we need to look at someone else. See and now you're just going. You get rid of it. You're going too deep into it now. This is not Inception, <laughs> all right? No. Inception of a serial killer. Killception. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> The movie was fun. I enjoyed it. I definitely like the characters and their little banter and how fun they were having, you know, before everything happened. Oh, best cameo was Candyman. Yeah. He was helping uh, put on the show that our nice little mean girl Taylor participated in before her death. (laughs) And it was so funny because as like that scene was happening, I was like, is that Candyman? Is it? Oh my god, it is. That is the wonderful Tony Todd. Candyman's a good movie. I would like to see it. 
the costume and set designs were pretty amazing to me, honestly, because they ended up filming inside of Six Flags. So my guess is that they probably used a lot of the horror props Six Flags had. Was it Six Flags? Yeah, it was Six Flags in Georgia. Like, I think it was in um, Atlanta. They probably had a lot of horror props from there. And then, of course, you know, being a movie, they probably had their own budget for, you know, making it even creepier. At first, I thought it was Great America or something somewhere in California, but it wasn't. But some of, like, the sets when they were going through the mazes, I was like, oh, my God, I would love to go through these haunted houses. These seem so cool. We need to talk about the uh, the ride that they went on. The only ride that they went on. Oh, yeah. That was pretty cool. That was a very nice touch. So before they got into this area called the dead zone, which is where the actors can actually, you know, reach out and grab you and touch you to scare you a little bit more, they had to ride this two-person ride. So obviously, Taylor and Asher were paired up together Brooke and Quinn were paired together. And then since Gavin wasn't there, he had already been killed at that point. Natalie had to go by herself. And, you know, they're going through. Couples are making out all that stuff. You do on those rides. Um, and at I one do not point, do that on those rides. I enjoy the atmosphere. All right. So partway through, the ride actually breaks down and there's a total blackout. And you get Natalie's perspective of, you know, she's alone in this little car. No one's around her. She looks to the side, is kind of annoyed at the whole blackout thing. And she sees the killer. You know, he's coming after her. Starts coming closer and closer. You see the mask that the killer is wearing. And she starts freaking out, screaming bloody murder. And then we cut to outside where her friends are. And they're all worried. They're like, no, you know, we heard her scream. That's a bloody murder scream. That's not her usual, like, getting freaked out scream. And then they turn to see her cart come out. And you see the killer or so you think, sitting on the bar, looking at her. And then she picks her head up, and everything was fine. The killer even offered his hand and helped her out of the ride. He did. And then you look around, and there are multiple people with that mask and that hoodie and, you know, that outfit on. So they're like, okay, the guy that was following us before... He's just a worker at the park. This is clarification, you know. Everyone else is wearing this mask, which I think is really clever of the killer. Mm-hmm. Because he blended in so well with all of these people that were wearing the oh, same yeah. mask. He clearly planned this out. Like, he had to match the costumes that people would wear. Yeah, in the ending, when he, like, hangs the mask up, you can see that he has several. Mm-hmm. He's been doing this for a while. Yeah. And he has little trinkets of, you know, pictures and little beads. Because, you know, serial killers have to have a memento of their, you know, their victims. Oh, of course. If we want to do it from last week's episode, Jeffrey Dahmer kept their bones. And another part of them. But... If you were a serial killer, um, what would be your memento? I don't think I would pick an item from, you know, their wallet or their 
like on their person or something that could be easily identified. Mm-hmm. If someone found like a box of this stuff, I think it would just be a random thing or that they had on them. Maybe or even like where I picked my kill up. Like if I met them at a bar, oh. I would take one of those like little coasters home. Okay, okay. I always think of Dexter and how he always took the blood out of him and kept him on a slide in a box. Yeah. But um, I, I think I, I liked your idea. So I think what I would do is go to like a tacky gift shop and buy one of those things like, welcome to Florida, you know, like those type of magnets or something. <laughs> and I would keep those. <laughs> but what if you have multiple kills in Florida? Mm. Then you get shot glasses made. <laughs> Um, there's a bunch of different shot glasses, right? You can custom make them. I mean, you could do one of each city. You just can't kill in the same city. Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. God, there's that one serial killer. I'm blanking on his name, but he was like a cross-country serial killer. Like, he would plant a kill box in like one random state. Oh, yeah. Drive five other states over, commit a murder there, and then... A year or two later, go back to that initial kill box that he planted and then do a kill there. God, people are insane. Yeah. Well, guys, if Tori and I ever became serial killers, you now know how to track us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can we talk about how ridiculous it is when Brooke and Nat are trying to, you know, run to find an exit and they end <laughs> up going into the haunted house saying, oh, this looks like an exit. No, it doesn't. I know. That was the dumbest thing. Clearly, this is the opening of a maze. Clearly, it has the sign overhead that says, like, welcome to hell. Right. Like, that is just the dumbest decisions you could make. It really is. Oh, my God. That's as bad as tripping and falling. <laughs> do I keep running straight or do I go left into the maze because it's an exit? Quote, unquote. And, of course, the killer stops in front of it and is like, do they run that way? No, they're probably really dumb. They went in the maze. <laughs> and naturally, yeah, he goes after them. Not just running with the crowd to the nearest exit. Oh, my God. And then when the security guards tackle the wrong guy. Oh, my God. And you think you're just like, oh, yeah, they caught him. It's all good. Pulls the mask off. Ty immediately was like, no, wrong guy. <laughs> wrong guy. God. Ooh, and the bathroom scene. Oh my god, that was creepy. That so, was good. That reminded me of Halloween a little bit. So at one point, they have this alien butterfly creature that comes to like scare the group. And it shoots this slime substance on Natalie. So then she has to like clean her shirt. So she and Brooke go into the bathroom and start like cleaning all that stuff and talking. And when Brooke leaves... You know, Natalie is trying to, like, dry her hair, and she has her eyes closed at that moment. And it keeps cutting to the area beside her where you see an entrance, and you keep thinking, like, okay, the killer is going to be there. The killer is going to be there. Shoots over to it one more time. The killer is, like, right next to her, reaching out his hand and, like, is almost touching her, like, caressing her hair. You know, normal serial killer stuff. And you think that he's going to get her. But he doesn't. He disappears when she opens her eyes. 
And then she goes to the bathroom. She's texting Gavin, seeing where he is. And his phone is sounding off right next to her. So she starts thinking that's a little weird. <laughs> really? That's when the moment you think it's weird. <laughs> well, yeah, everything like in the bathroom scene up until that is just like, it's fine for her. Yeah, but he's been gone for a while. And then like she hears the text go off and then she's the only one in the bathroom. And it's like, no, it's probably nothing. True. But at that point, the friends had also spilled that Gavin went back to... Go get the stuffed animal. Yeah, and he had been texting her. He had been texting her throughout. So she thought that it was literally just Gavin and that he was fine, but it's really the killer texting her back. Fair. So there's no radio silence. And then the killer tries to break into the stall while she's in there. She's like trying to hide underneath one of the other stalls, crawling underneath. And then, of course, he goes into the stall and reaches from above to get her. And then the security guard comes in and is like, there's no one here. What do you want me to do? But then you also get the recognizing feature of the killer, which is the boots. Yeah, it's fun. I'd watch it again. I hope there's a sequel. Possibly. I mean, same killer. They could do like a Final Destination kind of thing of like, oh, this happened X amount of years ago. But it's not going to happen to us. Exactly. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for listening to this hellish episode. And let us know what you would rate the movie if you've seen it. We'll see you guys next time. See ya.